0: Hello everyone, this is Roman Polnar and welcome to Food for Thought, a series of conversations with entrepreneurs, professionals, thought leaders, and philanthropists in the Jewish community. And today I'm excited to have a conversation with Dr. Ben Bernstein about keeping our stress at just the right level so that we can stay in the zone. But first I wanna thank our sponsor, This series is brought to you by the Hebrew Free Loan of San Francisco. Hebrew Free Loan is a nonprofit that provides interest-free loans to help Jewish individuals in Northern California overcome financial challenges and pursue life dreams. HFLA has been supporting our community with interest-free loans for 125 years, and this series of conversations is another way to offer resources and support. Each person we're speaking with has real-world experience, and they volunteered to share their insights that may help you navigate whatever you may be facing in your life or business. And if you're listening to us from outside of Northern California, and you're wondering if there's a Jewish free loan that serves your area, please check out AJFL.org. The IAJFL is a network of more than 50 Jewish free loan agencies throughout the world with the common goal of providing interest-free loans to those in need. All right, let's get started with our show. Dr. Bernstein, or Dr. B, as I know you're often cold, called, welcome to Food for
1: Thought. How are you today? I'm del- great. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you, Roman. And a uh, big shout out to the Hebrew Free Loan. They've helped me tremendously. I wouldn't actually be here if it weren't for the Free lung, Hebrew Free Loan years ago.
0: All right. Well, that wasn't going to be my first question, <laughs> but you know, that's a good setup. Uh, tell us more about that.
1: Well, when I um, wrote my first book, which was now, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, Um, I was advised to self-publish it. And that was an unusual thing to do at that time. Um, uh, The book is about test anxiety, test stress, which is a very popular issue. So I was advised to self-publish it and self-publishing costs M-O-N-E-Y, otherwise spelled money. And I didn't have it. And somebody told me about Hebrew Free Loan and I went uh, went ahead and uh, made an application, had a great interview and then got the loan. That book got published, came out, and then it started to spread. And some years later, I went back to Hebrew Free Loan because it was starting to take off in different places in the world. And um, I applied for another business loan and got that. So here we are. Thank you, Hebrew Free Loan.
0: Oh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you are absolute living proof of why the agency exists and continues to do work in our community. So thank yeah. you.
1: You're most welcome.
0: Well, so <laughs> let's, um. Let's set the stage here because I'm really excited to learn how you actually coach and work with people to deal and overcome stress and anxiety to reach peak performance, because it seems like we're all living in a progressively more stressful world. And so let's just set the stage, right? Who is Dr. B? And as, as I understand, you're a clinical psychologist. You've been in practice for 40 years which I wouldn't tell by looking at you. So if uh, those of you are listening to our podcast, just take my word for it. You're also the author of four books on how to stress affects performance. You've developed training models for people to perform at their best by learning how to stay in what you call the zone. And as you told me, this is especially helpful for people in the high stress performance areas, right? Like executives, athletes, actors, doctors, lawyers, I get that. But you said it's also helpful for parents, for teachers, Mm -hmm. as well as young people who may experience, you know, test anxiety. So let's unpack that. Sure. Uh, I mean, I suppose let's start with, you know, how do you define stress? Because I, I know that you have a potentially different definition than what we might be used to. So yeah, tell that's us more great, about that.
1: That's a great place to start. Um, so I do have a different definition of stress. Stress is usually considered as something happening outside of us, to us. Um, COVID, uh, taxes, uh, I'll point my finger, taxes, my in-laws, <laughs> my kids, my pets, <laughs> my... So I call that carpal tunnel finger pointing syndrome. Um, meaning that And actually, if you think about it, it's suggesting that if my kids, you know, completely calm down, taxes go away, the government changes, climate Mm. change, my life is going to work. So you hear the, you know, the fallacy of that argument, which is that those things are called life. And you're absolutely right in your introduction that in some ways life is getting more presenting us with more challenges on a daily basis. No one asks asks for COVID. Um, We're having these extreme weather conditions, things like that. However, when we feel stressed, it's because of our reaction to those events. Hmm. So let me say a little bit more about that. Um, In any situation, you, I, we all are a combination of body, mind, and spirit. That's the totality of who we are. Now, um, the, the macro level of this, which I'm going to spend only a minute on this, is that all spiritual schools of spirituality and quantum physics tell us something the same thing which is that it's all one there's no disconnection anywhere hmm. the most um sacred prayer in in the hebrew liturgy is the shema hero israel the lord of god the lord is one one so there's no disconnection einstein said it well or to have said separation is an optical delusion so we hmm. we see things and we experience them as separate but really they're not Okay, let's bring this back to a very basic level, body, mind, and spirit. That's the one of who we are. Now, when we, ex- when we disconnect in one, two, or three of those areas, I'll call them, that's when we experience stress. So I'll give you a good example. So I'm looking for a little prop here. So I coach a lot of people who take tests, both teenage all from teenagers all the way up to board surgeons. And um, I see this phenomenon. So watch me carefully. They the examiner gives out the test and says, "Begin taking the test." And the person opens the test booklet and goes. Ooh. Now, usually, people will say, "Well, you freaked out, or you hit a wall, or you got nervous." All of that's true, but what actually happened when I opened it? I went, "I'm holding my breath." Hmm. Now, when you hold your breath, what's the message your brain is getting? You're dying. So is your stress going up or down? Of course it's going up. I've trained kids to raise their SAT scores 200 to 300 points simply by regularizing their breath through the course of the test. So let me translate this. Regularizing your breath means you're staying connected in your body. You're not disconnecting. Okay, When we disconnect is when we experience stress. That's in the body. In the mind, when we disconnect is when we give ourselves negative messages about ourselves. I can't handle this. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. Disconnection. Why? Because no baby is born into the world thinking they're a loser. That's all learned behavior over time for all kinds of reasons, which would be there's a whole program in itself. So when we say those things to ourselves, we're disconnecting from the good, positive, capable side of who we are—we experience stress. The spirit is actually, I think, the most important, but the least considered because we conflate it immediately with religion. And uh, I'm all for religion. <laughs> Um, but I don't I think we're off track in terms of understanding the spirit. The spirit is what informs our energy, is what gives us our juice. It's what motivates us to be who we are. For you to be a financial advisor and a dad and a husband, for me to be a husband and a psychologist. That's the spirit. That's the fire of who you are. How we disconnect in the spirit is either we don't have goals or goals that are not meaningful to us or we have goals, but we keep getting distracted. So imagine in a basketball game, the goal, you know, the goal is to get the ball into the hoop, but along the way, a player sees a friend in the stands and starts waving that's the disconnection what happens you lose the game. Mm -hmm. Okay, so disconnection is actually what causes the feeling of stress. This is a hard one because it really means that people have to start taking responsibility for their own reactions, not blaming it on everything else. So that's the different definition of stress. Stress is a function of disconnection. When you're feeling stressed, you can say to yourself, I'm disconnected in my body, mind, or spirit. That's the totality, where am I disconnected? So I built a training model that, that does two things. One is it gets people to become aware very quickly when they're feeling stressed, and then how to use tools. And there are only nine tools, three for being calm, three for being confident three for being focused to get themselves right back that's what athletes do naturally
0: hmm.
1: and athletes when they're really doing it they call it the zone now when athletes talk about it usually they say things like wow man wow i got in the zone so it's it's my, one of my teachers called it kind of misty moisty you know it's like <laughs> ooh but it's not magic and it's not misty moisty it's actually it's actually growing consciousness of how to stay connected. And I love sports because they're really a great um, a great metaphor and area for connection. That's why we love to watch sports because this they rep, the athletes represent the parts of us that would love to do that stuff, but they do it. So I hope that helps with clarification. Yeah, I
0: mean, it certainly does. And I, I do like the analogy or the metaphor as well, because when we think about performance, we sort of often relate to those high-performing athletes but as you talk about connection there's so many parts of our lives where we have to perform yet there's that disconnect. So maybe you can talk a little bit about performance in the various parts of our lives. And oh,
1: that's a great question because performance just means action, really. So you're mm-hmm. performing, po- you're performing Roman, and I'm performing Doctor B, and we're just performing ourselves all the time, right? So in any action, we're actually performing. We do associate it with being on stage or on a pedestal or on a ball field, um, but um, but we're actually performing. You know, all the time now. Some people, because of the nature of their professions um, and what they're engaged in daily, their their uh, their inputs, the stimuli, the challenges—let's put it that way—that are potentially stress-producing are much stronger than others. An example: for 15 years, I toured the country talking to big audiences of dentists and dental teams. There was a time, 20, 30 years ago. When dentistry was said to have had the highest suicide rate why is that well most people then and a lot of people now go to the dentist and they don't want to be there they're afraid or they're you know they're they're they don't want pain so they're sitting there kind of like this and all tensed up now having watched hundreds of dentists at the chair very often you see the patient stop breathing and the dentist stops breathing Right. Or the dentist smiles and says, Hi, Mrs. So and so, how are you today? But inside they're like this. Mm -hmm. That disconnect is very, very stress producing. Hmm. Right. So, you know, dentists, athletes, lawyers. And then also parents. Why parents? Well, you are one. You don't know what I'm talking about. But, you know, your kid comes in the room and goes, daddy, daddy, daddy. And you go, calm down. That's not a very helpful response. (laughs) No, it's not. Correct? Right. So so this leads to the next thing, which is the optimal states Mm -hmm. that we go for to be in the zone are to be calm in the body, confident in the mind, and focused in the spirit. Those are the optimal states. So when we lose it, we start to feel uncalm. And everybody has their own signals of these things. So you have to cultivate your own awareness. When you're not feeling calm, your hands get sweaty, your heart starts beating, you get ahead. Everybody has their own. When you're not calm, you use the three tools for calming down. If you're saying something negative to yourself, I can't handle this, I don't know what to do, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna fail, hmm. then you immediately use the three tools for reconnecting and your confidence. If you get distracted, you realize you're getting distracted. It's like in the car. If you started to get distracted, you drove off the road, you're not going to keep driving off the road. You're going to get back on track. So calm, confident, and focus are the three optimal states for doing that. So so here's the deal. I I didn't um, invent the tools. I didn't invent breathing. Okay. Um, But, and you're very kind in your introduction about my age, but I'm actually 74 years old. And I've had a lifetime of having to to study, research and use these tools on myself. I was very early disconnected from something that was super important to me, which was music. I was a very prodigious piano player growing up in New York. I was pushed into competitions and recitals that I could not stand. But my teacher and my mother—may she rest in peace—they saw the talent, and they and it was push, push, push. But I didn't like it, and at age fourteen, I stopped completely. Did not touch the piano for twenty-five, maybe thirty years, and those wow. were thirty years where I went into a real slump because I was disconnected from what's right in here, right. So I don't, I don't regret any of that because I feel like purposefully I'm here to help people not go through 30 years of disconnection so that you know you can get more connected to yourself right away
0: well, thanks for sharing that per- yeah. personal story do, do you sure. think that that personal experience in some way led you to become you know a clinical psychologist in this space and then eventually to tackle kind of the stress and connection between our Oh, Body, yes. Mind and spirit?
1: yes, definitely. I mean, it has a deeper story. Uh, uh, my father also may he rest in peace was a very well respected psychologist, and um, very well liked. But he there was a split there because at home, he was tired and angry and resentful. And you know, I was the oldest of four kids and kind of took it out on me. And I think my my wanting to be a psychologist was a few purposes once to get closer to him which mm. kind of happened not really but also to really dig into what's going on but ultimately it was to bring myself together so the end of that story is is that music is now really blossoming in my life at this age which is it's always been there it's just been covered with all this s- stuff mm-hmm. i don't know what to call it in yiddish but it's sort of a combination <laughs> of surs and schmutz and, um, but uncovering <laughs> that, what happens is you you beam out as who you yeah. are. You know this with your three children, right? Mm-hmm. Right? You see this with kids because they're what all they are is beaming. And then over time, because of culture, because of all kinds of things, that light just kind of dims out. We want it to open up. So yeah. So um, definitely my own story, but also because ultimately, I feel that we're all here to serve in some way. Each of mm. us is here to serve the greater good in some way, which is another reason why I think the Hebrew free loan is so great and amazing, even because there's an identification with how you are going to serve the world. Absolutely. And that, and you know, I could get choked up even talking about that, but that's very profound. Yeah.
0: And I really appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it's a, it is profound. I mean, sometimes and oftentimes the healer is the one who needs a lot of healing him or herself. And it is absolutely a journey. You know, it's interesting when you think about maybe at least on the surface about. Stress or about performance, yes. so much of it is uh, kind of in the mind, right? Yes, right. You yep. got to have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, and <laughs> right. it's right. all in your mind. And right. it doesn't sound like that's the case, or maybe it's you can tell us the, a little bit about that.
1: Well, it's not the case because we're not just w- minds walking around, right? So take the take the take the um, example of a test taker. The conventional idea is you're sitting and all you're doing is doing a mind dump. No. If I watch test takers and their shoulders are hunching up and they're tapping their feet and they're getting distracted, no, it's not just the mind. I think this is a real limitation truly of our culture, which is body, mind, mind, body, body, mind, mind, body. I've heard in the last week Mm. a couple of really high-level People talking about stress, and they firstly they talk about it like it's outside of ourselves, which I don't think that's the case. And then body, mind, body, mind, body, where is the spirit in all this? Right? The spirit, truly, the spirit is is the fire, is the driving force. So think about this for a minute. The connection between in the model between spirit is to focus, right? If it's just spirit and but in the world, we have to focus, focus our energies, focus our attention. Now, the word focus comes from the Latin, which means hearth or fireplace. So if you think about it, in olden times, hearth or fireplace, it was the center of the home. It was a place of nourishment, place of light, the place of warmth. That's, that's the spirit focus. When, mm-hmm. we get, when we get closer and closer and live within our spirit and, you know, the the ancient sages and saints have been saying this for thousands of years. That's when we are really fulfilling who we are, who we can be. So um, it's pretty vital. So I'm glad you asked this because the mind-body thing is only part of the thing. I just want to show you something. Let's see if I can. Yeah. So I like to use this model in my work. (laughs) Three-legged stool, right? Body, mind, and spirit. Now, when all three are equally strong, this is a super sturdy platform. Mm -hmm. If one of the legs starts to give out, you get this, right? It starts to wobble. It starts. And this is pretty much what Mm -hmm. our lives are like, wobbling. We want that kind of stability.
0: Yeah. So it's not so much about stress avoidance. It's stress is there. And
1: it's no. how do you deal with stress, wait, wait I minute. suppose. Wait. Stress-provoking situations are there. <laughs> Challenges are there. Life is there. Right. Okay. It's not stress is there. What address does stress have? It doesn't have mm. an address.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: Okay. I never I just thought of that. It's true. It That's doesn't great. have a location. It's because of the, it's the experience we're having. The more we could the more this is like a prayer on my part the more we can really tune into and take responsibility for our own actions Mm. for what we're doing in this world it would be a much better world amen to that yeah thank you so all right I can see how this
0: can be applied at home I can see how this can be applied internally within at work professionally but you know who who do you work with now? How do you help people other than coming on talks like these and, well, and educating? Well, thank you.
1: Yeah, so the people I work with, um, well, more so in the last couple of years, which is interesting uh, phenomenon, people find me on the internet through my books, partic- particularly the book Crush Your Test Anxiety. So that you can get on any, you know, on Amazon or get it off my website. But that book is the first book that's a comprehensive um, uh, laying out of this entire model. I chose to focus on test taking because you mentioned 40 years as a psychologist, but there's 50 years as a teacher, mm-hmm. coincident with that. And I've seen so much in education that really is misguided. I was Extremely fortunate to be trained early on in England in very progressive schools where children love to come to school and the kids never had a problem if they weren't learning something it was your responsibility to find a way to teach them come to this country oh she's got a problem he's got ADHD she's got this she that got... doesn't fly with me yeah hmm. so so um people find me through the book now those are mostly people who are having some kind of issue with testing so it could be um, recently there was a er surgeon in buffalo who couldn't pass i'm making the i'm making the location up here because confidentiality who couldn't pass the uh, national certification the ultimate certification took it three times and failed Hmm. okay all the way to a kid who um gets you know 30 32 on her act scores but then she goes and takes the test and she gets a 26. So, you know, the phenomenon of how a person who's well prepared, who walks across a threshold and on practice test does really well, walks across the threshold and then loses it, that phenomenon, that's mm-hmm. the disconnection right there. So training people how to stay connected from here to there is really what it's about. Now through LinkedIn, I'm getting um, athletes, which are people I love to work with some from some very unusual sports um I have a long backlog as I said of working with dentists so it's really anybody who um particularly in a high stress situation high stress provoking situation uh feels that they need more tools uh I started out working as a psychotherapist you know 40 years ago but sitting in a chair listening to people was not my style and I got great supervision my supervisor said like you're a much more active guy you need to do it the way you do it, which is, and that came through my personal story too. So yeah, um, just a wide, I always, the way I was trained was that whoever comes is actually presenting me with the next level of challenge for myself. One of my analysts once put it this way, your problems walk through the door. (laughs) So so that's, you know, it's mildly true, but issues that I have to deal with because we're all growing all the time, right? I treat everything as an as a, no matter whether I like it or not. That's not the issue. As a as a as an opportunity for how does how is this for me to grow? So you know I get I get challenges. The only thing that I really require in working with somebody is that they do the exercises or they use the tools. It's not an idea. That would be like. A doctor writing a prescription and you put it on your uh, your altar and you pray to it every day but you <laughs> never take the medicine mm-hmm. so that shows up pretty early if people don't practice you know oh, then i don't i can't continue with them because i'm not i'm not here to argue with them fight with them you know that kind of
0: thing. Well, you've shared some really uh, good examples about the neurosurgeon trying to study for the boards or, the, right. you know, the younger person trying to study for their s- testing to get into college, which right. by the way, I'm sure a lot of parents <laughs> listening yes. to this, who yeah. will be listening to this, sure. might really be uh, kind of perking up, but, um, kind of take me through, what does that actually look like? Sure. Right? What is does, yeah. when someone walks through the door yeah. and you mentioned the you know, this active part of you that
1: all right. Take yeah. us through that. Well, um, uh, and I wanted to say something. Please tuck it somewhere in the corner here that I, I didn't mention my involvement with music, not just as a composer, but working with musicians and singers because that's a really important part of my life. Someone walks through the door. Well, firstly, they don't just walk through the door. They sign up on my calendar for a 20-minute phone call that I can ask them questions. They can ask me questions. I can tell them about how I work. That, with some people, proves to be... Not we're not a right fit. I'm not the right person for them. I'll know that pretty quickly or intuit that pretty quickly and I'll say that. Um, so that 20 minutes, there's no charge for that, but it gives me an opportunity to really hear, ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and and them hear about me. Uh then they come, people come for one hour consultation. This is a no promises consultation where they actually get the experience of our working together, and they can then decide if they want to continue. So it's a process because a coach, you know, I mean playing sports or however however you might have experienced a coach, it's a relationship, yeah, and it's a one that you have to trust in. And so I want to feel and know that I can really help this person if they really kick in and do what they're supposed to do. Now, after that, oh, so in that meeting, we will also do something. I created um, years ago a a self-diagnostic inventory. It's actually on my website and it's for free called the BPI, Bernstein Performance Inventory. And that will give you a snapshot of your three-legged stool. So I developed this with a research psychologist. It cost a gazillion dollars. I could have gone back to Hebrew Free Loan for another loan, <laughs> but I didn't. But it's proven to be so helpful, and I encourage people to go to my website, which is drbyourbest, be Doctor B be Your Best, and look for Crush Your Test Anxiety resources. And you'll find it there. You can print it out and take it. It's extremely helpful in showing you where you lose it. Is it in calm, confident, focus, all three, where? It will show you a a map of your three legs. So we do that in the first session. And I see in this consultation, and I see how the person responds and how I'm working with them. And then they will always leave, even if they never come back, they're always gonna leave with some key tools that I think that they could use right away. So that's the first session. Once we get going, then we start to be more specific, like hmm. when do you lose it? What are the signs? It's always awareness and tools. So I'm cultivating, working with them to cultivate their awareness when they're getting disconnected, and then using tools to get reconnected. So it's all very connected to to life situations. It's not an idea. It's hmm. a, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing and deepening practice.
0: And Dr. B, I imagine. They don't physically have to walk through your door you do this on zoom so if we're <laughs> somewhere else in the world we
1: can yeah still get some of this help yes <laughs> it's all over the world yeah all right good i should i should i should that's a great idea roman i think i'll figure out how on zoom to have the door open sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i will say as the next challenge okay, and i okay. know you like challenges
1: i love challenges i think it's a great idea <laughs> so before how, as we how creative people are Roman. that's true here that... you are right okay great here so, we are here we are we are
0: and so as we're coming towards the tail end of our conversation, I do want to circle back to what you brought up earlier about music and sure. your involvement with music. So take a minute and tell us about that.
1: Yeah, sure. So 27 years, so we, my wife and I got married in 93, and it was the same year that I stopped my practice to go to Mills College and their graduate composition program because I was reconnecting myself to mm. music at the time. And I started then a nonprofit, which is, really starting to revive now uh, as we're slowly inching out of COVID, uh, called the Singers Gym. Singers, not apostrophe, the Singers Gym. You can look it up, singersgym.org. And this is a wonderful um, uh, workshop in giving people the joy of singing. We don't work on vocal technique. That, we leave that to the voice teachers, but just the joy of singing. This afternoon, we're having our first community sing at a retirement center here in Oakland, and I'm thrilled. I've wanted to do this for years, but music and singing are so helpful and so beneficial. And um, yeah, I would encourage people to go to that. And if that interests you at all, please contact me. We need board members, we need funding, we need you know all kinds of good stuff. Um, but that's the music. And on the on the per, per, more personal side, I'm composing music, I'm writing songs, um, one act operas, the whole shebang.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah all right well so two final questions these are going to be quick i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit go for it um what's your favorite book
1: oh <laughs> oh it's usually well it, really my favorite book was tony morrison's book beloved um i thought that was just an amazing book i don't i don't my my eyes don't work great together so i listen to books and i listen mm. to a lot of them and tony morrison read that book and it was it was phenomenal
0: well, for those of you listening the podcast version of this, I could tell you that Dr. B has a wall of books behind him. So um, <laughs> you must have read them at some point, or it just well, makes a beautiful problem.
1: Well, <laughs> let's just say that's a, that, that's, a, that's a continuing source of conversation, for want of a better word, <laughs> between my wife and I. Okay? I mean, I collect books, and I've dabbled in books, but read all of them? No, no, no. And it is a real environment. It's not virtual. I'd like to. But, um, but recently I really got into listening, which has been great. Books are, books are an amazing resource altogether, but you know, with the internet and everything, you can get everything online too. So,
0: so of all of the things that we talked about, and I love that three-legged stool analogy. It it really is staying with me. I'm thank you. I'm going to take that away. And hopefully a lot of us listening will be able to take that away into their own lives. But is there anything else, any action steps that you can recommend that, people can start doing right now. Yes. Based upon the advice that you shared with us.
1: I love your question. Thank you. And what comes to me is a real deal way of dealing with worrying. Okay. Because there's so much going on in the world right now that is so serious and so concerning and so disturbing. All right. And we all tend to worry. I worry. The deal is, is that I as soon as I become aware that I'm worrying, I stop it. So I'm gonna, you know, a minute and a half show you what's happening. When you're worrying, when we're worrying, we are either in the past or the future. Oh, why didn't I do that? I should have done that. Or what's gonna happen? Am I gonna get fired? That's the disconnection right there. That's what's stress producing. This is gone. This hasn't happened yet. It's right now, we're not here in the present. The simplest way to get yourself back in the present, and believe me, this works, start doing it right away, is two things, exhale and ground yourself. So just do that now with me. Exhale, whether you're listening or watching, just exhale, good, exhale, and ground yourself. Ground yourself means if you're sitting in a chair, feel the chair, feel the floor. That effectively gets you right back in the present. And it will cut the worrying right there. Now, you may start up again in a minute, two minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Cultivate that mm. as a habit. Exhale. Now, I say exhaling rather than breathe. Because when I used to say breathe, people would look at me and say, I am breathing. Okay, yes, I know you're breathing. But you're <laughs> holding your breath right at the moment. So exhale. Most people are holding their breath. Exhale. So the last part of this is what you can really do, whether or not you're worrying, is start to become aware of how often you're holding your breath. Mm. Unbelievable. You're really gonna get knocked out by how often you're holding your breath. And when you're doing that, you have to be somewhere else rather than just in the present. I didn't make this up. Thousands of years of Eastern meditation, right? I mean, Mm. from the East.
0: Thank you for that. I've been sitting here and breathing deeply and it feels great. And it's amazing how simple it is yet how it's, like, it's we just so forget simple. to do it.
1: Yeah, it's so simple. Well, it's not just forget; it's just not part of our training. You know, mm. if you're really training in meditation and you're training those kinds of arts of more arts of consciousness, if you will, or skills of consciousness, but we don't train kids to do. We could be doing. We could be doing this when kids come into school. We could well, be, like, I've seen it. Done, I've seen it done in some preschools. Right now, we're just going to settle down right? So it, this is this is a matter, it's truly a matter of education slash training.
0: And being aware is certainly a big, big aspect of that as well. Totally, Completely. So folks, we've been talking to Dr. Ben Bernstein, Dr. B, a high-performance coach, an author, a speaker on beating stress and being at our best. Dr. B, where can people learn more about you?
1: Best place is my website, which is drb. Y-O-U-R-B-E-S-T, DrBeYourBest.com. That's the best place. And you can um, get all kinds of resources there. And you can also um, uh, get it on my calendar, you know, all that, those things. And the other place is Singer, Singer's Gym, S-I-N-G-E-R-S-G-Y-M.org.
0: Perfect. Well, I know you've offered this, and I just want to remind our listeners, if you are struggling with stress or if you want to improve your performance, schedule a 20-minute complimentary consultation with Dr. B. Go to his website for details, drbyourbest.com.
1: Thank you, Roman.
0: All right, Dr. B. Well, thanks so much for being here with us, and thank you to all of our listeners. Be well, everyone.
1: Thank you.